Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 99 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. And today we are talking about finding body confidence as a mom. As our bodies are going through changes, whether it's, you know, ups and downs from pregnancy or just getting older, sometimes it can be really difficult to deal with those changes and feel good about ourselves. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, it's more than just getting back to your pre-baby weight. I think sometimes the media likes to simplify it into that. You just got to get your body back and then you're good to go. And then you're good for Yeah, then you're good forever. But (laughs) we're going to get into some of the more complicated stuff today. Like bodies change as we age, you know, Um, it's not just about fitting in the jeans again. I think that's a little bit of an oversimplification. Absolutely. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience. But most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month... Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. 
They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Do you want to jump in now? Let's do it. Okay. Well, I think I just want to kick this off with some yeah. like really brutal honesty. <laughs> um, brutal, brutal, but I hope optimistic in the end. You know, I have been a mom now for going on 20 years. I've gone wow. through five pregnancies and it can be really um, disorienting how much your body changes. And I feel like one thing that's happened for me is, you know, I've never had like problems with weight the way I know a lot of people do. I haven't struggled in that way. I've always kind of been in this sort of medium-ish age, you know, weight range. But the thing is, it can be really jarring to go from like a four to an eight in a matter of a year or two because you stop nursing or because you have a baby and then that's your postpartum size or whatever it is. So I think sometimes the world gets really falsely sort of um, split into like skinny and not skinny. Yes. And if you're skinny, you're supposed to just be like, yay, I'm skinny. <laughs> and if you're not, you're supposed to hate that. And I, for me, what has been more jarring is honestly never settling into a size. So mm-hmm. I'll be a size for a little bit and then it goes up or then it goes down and I haven't been able to really get comfortable Um, It does take time to kind of settle into something and be like, this is how I look. This is my body and the way it is. And when you're constantly, for whatever reason, kind of going up and down, it's it's very disorienting. And I just want to kind of put that out there that it's not about size. Um, And like you said, there's so much focus on just get back to your pre-baby weight, which may never happen. Um, And even if it does, you might not feel good about the way your new body looks. There's a lot of other stuff going on, loose skin and different sized hips, even if you're the same weight your shape is different. It's just different. It's it's very different. And you touched on something I really wanted to bring up at the start, which is I feel like we're kind of held to a double standard where we're not supposed to complain about these things because we're supposed to love our bodies and accept ourselves, which is right. great. But I also feel like, don't you feel like being really honest and vulnerable, whether it's with your girlfriends or you and I talking yes. to an imaginary audience of thousands, <laughs> right. I feel like being honest about what we do like and what we don't like is actually actually one of the first steps to that acceptance. And I feel like, especially if we're a relatively healthy, relatively like at a healthy weight, then like you said, there you're even more not supposed to complain because either it looks superficial or we're being anti-feminist or we're body shaming ourselves. When in fact, I think it's really good to open up a dialogue about like, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Like I'm not happy with the way I look. I feel like just some honesty there doesn't mean that you can't also love your body and accept yourself. So I feel like it's unfair 
to not be allowed to complain occasionally. Does that yes, make sense? Yes, I totally agree. And I think also it's okay if some of the reason that you work out or take care of yourself is because you want to look good. I mean, uh, it's obviously also very important to do that just so you feel good. And that, uh, we can talk a little bit more about this later, but I think those two things really go hand in hand. When I feel bad because I just fell off the wagon and ate terribly and didn't exercise, I don't feel good in my skin. And it's not because I necessarily look even any different, but someone right. on the outside might never be able to tell the difference, but it's just, you know, there, there's a different reasons for working out, but I do think some of that it's okay to be a little, I don't want to use the word vain cause that's not it, but just a little conscious of how you look and it's normal. I mean, we're human beings. We have eyeballs, we have senses for a reason. And, yeah. um, and I think for me, the real challenge has been and, and continues to be settling in and feeling like where I'm at right now is okay. And not feeling like, looking in the mirror and going, who's that person? Right. You know, who's that person? Right. So I think that could be a particular challenge if you are fairly re- well, I'm eight years out. Right. And I'm still changing. I mean, my body is yeah. still changing because I'm getting older and you mentioned right. that as well. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So I've been, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I do have some tips um, about feeling better about the way you look, you know, with or without your clothes on, which we can get into. But I think Sarah, you and I are in the same boat where we just both want to be really honest that you're, this isn't like self-acceptance isn't some magic pill you just take and get overnight and it doesn't no. mean you never feel bad and you never complain. No. And I think, yeah, just say it again. I think being honest about not being happy with the way you look is kind of the first step into making a change, whether that yeah. is a fitness change or a mindset change. But um, I think being afraid to speak out because we're afraid to look vain or, you know, that somebody else maybe has bigger issues when it comes to health and wellness. So right. I just I just feel like, yeah, let's that's just, our big let's that's be our five minute. Di- that's our five minute disclaimer. <laughs> the disclaimer is yeah. it's OK to not like the way your butt looks in your jeans. And right. It's OK Absolutely. to love the way your butt looks in your jeans too. Absolutely. Both of those things. (laughs) So should we get into some of these tips? I mean, I have a bunch from a post I wrote a few years ago and I can kind of get into some of those and Sarah, you you can jump in at any point you want or give your own. Um, Yeah. I think this will be a great way to kind of add some structure to our conversation and then, and then we we can link to this post as well, but I think you did a great job. So yeah, dive in. Okay, so my first tip um, is to look around and pay attention to real life couples. So if you really look at people around you, you will see, you know, voluptuous women with like hunky built dudes. You'll see like really skinny wayfish girls with big beefy guys. You're going to see like all kinds of imperfect people with all kinds of other imperfect people because we're all imperfect people. Um, And there's not one, you know, everyone has that joke in their heads of like the beautiful couple that walks in the room and they're both just (laughs) drop dead gorgeous. That is very rare. Most of the time, people are like kind of unevenly matched in some way. But if you really look at it, it makes sense. And I I feel like for me, that was like a big eye opener. When I really started paying attention to why people are attracted to each other or get together in the first place, you realize it's so much more about than it's, it's about so much more than just like fitting some kind of textbook idea of what attractiveness is. Yes. Yes. I think that is, that's so good. And it doesn't just have to be couples too. I mean, I feel like if you look around at real women and real jobs, not just, yes. the, not just everyone in your same station. Cause I think that can get into comparison and get a little tricky, Absolutely. but I mean the women checking you out at the grocery store and you're, pediatrician and you're, you know, checking you out or like checking you out, out, checking (laughs) out your groceries. Um, But yeah, watching, watching the women around you in all different dressed, all different ways, all different shapes and sizes. um, I, I think can, yeah, just a dose, dose of reality. It is a dose of reality. And we sometimes really need that because we are so immersed in this culture. We all know about this. That is unrealistic 
we look at these bodies that are perfectly airbrushed and they seem so taut and toned and amazing. And that is not reality. Go, go even to the gym. Look around. There's, mm-hmm. Those people are at least, you know, trying to be fit. And a lot of them are in really good shape. But if you look, they're all different. Like yes. everyone has a totally different body. And I, I actually... Think Oh, go ahead. Just paying it. Well, I was just gonna say, just paying attention to that really helps. Yeah, there's at my gym. There's quite a large population of older people and really inspiring. Well, I mean, much older, seven in their seventies. Um, yeah. And it's it is really cool to see what bodies can do through the ages. I think if you're a young mom or a mom of young kids, you sort of have context for your body in your twenties and yeah. other young women's bodies, and then you go through motherhood, so you're you're pretty familiar with pregnancy and postpartum. But we've got like half or more of our lives ahead of us, ladies. So, you know, giving yourself examples of what bodies can do as they age, you know, at the gym or around town, I think is just a much healthier way to fill our minds with all the variations of normal. Yeah. And it kind of helps just like put into context what we are seeing and what we are seeing when we look at ourselves. Um, The next tip I have, and this is going to sound a little bit weird, but I honestly did not start becoming self-conscious about my body in a big way until I was suddenly photographed a lot. I think it was around the time I started going to a lot of conferences and I, and pictures just, everyone suddenly had a camera, right? Mm -hmm. So before that you had your picture taken by someone's cruddy camera at a party or whatever, or a professional photo, but you didn't really have all of these multitudes of just casual candid pictures that then some like somehow ended up on Facebook. Right. So suddenly seeing yourself in pictures all the time and a lot of them, not very good pictures, not taken by very skilled photographers. Suddenly there's that, again, that jarring feeling like that's me. That's what I really look like. That's what my body looks like. And that was very difficult for me to kind of come to terms with. And the thing that's really helped is to actually enlist people to take good pictures of me. And I'm Mm -hmm. very picky now about, you know, I'll look over my friend's shoulder and be like, nope, that's a delete. You know, there's like the friend code. There's like the automatic delete. And because I think that we're so bombarded with images of ourselves that it's okay to be like picky about which ones we allow to be out there and that we allow, you know, allow ourselves to see a whole bunch, like a flattering picture that really shows you and your own essence, like in a, the most flattering light, um, sometimes literally in flattering light, I think is like really valuable to have. And sometimes you have to be kind of intentional about that. I would agree. And don't you think too, it takes a little bit of a shift to not compare what you see in the pictures to the pictures of you from 10 years ago. This is Absolutely. hard for me. Like, yes. like it's one thing to say, is that a good picture of me today? I've had three yes. kids. I am 37 years old. And not say that's not as, I don't look as good as I looked when I was 25. Like right. that's, so I don't know what the answer there is, except that, um, you know, you get, like you said, you get to curate the images of yourself that are out there and you should feel good about them. But right. we have to wean ourselves off this expe- expectation that those pictures are going to look like uh, ourselves 10 years ago. Right. That's, yeah, that's very, very true. And especially, I think, especially for younger generations of moms who have been photographed a lot all along. Um, I guess I really didn't go through that because, you know, when I was 25, right. people still had regular cameras with film that rarely got developed. And so I just wasn't photographed that much. It really wasn't until I was a little older, but I can see how now people who have been photographed a ton since they were teenagers, you could have, you could be a mom right now on your second or third kid who, if you go back in your Facebook history far enough, can find your senior picture. It's like, that is jarring and that's hard to deal with because it's so different. So I really love that you pointed that out, Sarah. Um, Along those same lines, I love looking at uh, really good pictures of moms 
other moms, other women, other like newly postpartum women, like the, um, what is that project? The fourth trimester bodies project. Yes. And there have yes. been, I think other spinoffs too. amazing photo and video series about postpartum bodies. And we'll definitely link to some in the show. Yeah. I, I feel like that helps as well because then it's not me just comparing myself to me right. or comparing myself to someone I see at the gym, but I really don't know what's going on under those uh, stretchy <laughs> pants. You know, it's like when you see stuff really out there, you go, Oh, so it's really normal to have like, really saggy skin on your stomach. Like that's normal. It happens to a lot of people. Um, really intense stretch marks. Also normal. You don't always get the opportunity to see that because most of us get really good at covering that stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. So you never see it. Well, um, I just think, I think we have a long way to go, but I think there is some attention starting to be paid to this and, and also the beauty of it, not just accepting, but like the embracing of it. So, um, agreed. And I feel like, and, and it's so, it's so true. Like what you said at the beginning, like you can't ever get to the embracing stage and until you're, um, exposed. Right. Yeah. So like, I remember looking at a few of those pictures, you know, of other postpartum women, um, when that, those projects were first starting to come out and being taken aback, being like, Whoa, like I have never seen that (laughs) except on myself. And I spent, you know, especially in those early, early postpartum months, I was very careful not to spend a lot of time looking at myself because I didn't want to avoid the mirror. You avoid, you avoid the mirror. So I never saw it. So seeing it at first was jarring. And then you look at it again and it becomes normal. And then you look at it again and it becomes beautiful, but you don't jump right to beautiful. You know, you have to get to like where it's normal first before you can ever get to that point. So yeah, that is a really good point. Yes. And I think, um, just again, reminding ourselves that we're not comparing, we're not trying to get back to a normal from before. That's a, that's a really slippery slope, I think. Right. Um, yes. So our journey is coming to terms with the normal that is now. I think there's a yeah. huge industry to try to get us to want to look like we're 22. Um, yeah. But but I think that some of that is wasted energy. Now, that's not to say that you don't want to be fit and healthy. And if you do want to fit into your pre-baby genes, that's great. But your body is different. It did yes. something different. Or even if you didn't give birth and, you know, you have adopted or you have never given birth, your body is not supposed to be like it was when it was 22. Unless yeah. you're 22, in which case, welcome to our podcast. Welcome. Welcome to our, our program. Um, <laughs> this this will happen to you as well. Yeah. But, you know, another thing, Sarah, along the same lines, and you touched on this at the beginning is like aging is happening all the time, whether we notice it or not. And for me, there was a, and I like to, to finally refer to this as the time I could still pass. I'm going to say it was probably between <laughs> 30 and 35. Like I could kind of pass for any age at that point. You know, someone might look at me and go, Oh, she's like, I don't know, 25, 30. Like they don't know. Yeah. Um, but like you said, whether or not you actually gave birth or whether or not giving birth put much pressure on your body. Cause sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. All that time you're busy taking care of kids, you're getting older at the same time. And you're maybe not even noticing you're getting older because life is happening. And then suddenly one day you're like, whoa, wrinkles or whoa, why don't like my boobs stay up like they used to or what? I mean, it doesn't really matter how pregnancy affects your body. At some point, something gravity takes hold. Right. And so it's not just about the size and it's not just about getting back to that. You could spend many, many months in the gym trying really hard to get back to that pre-pregnancy body and get there and and then realize like, but it's a different version. Yes, it's a different version. We're in a yeah. different place. Well, I'm going to like interrupt your little ordered tips here. And let's yes. just talk a little <laughs> bit about some of the non 
size related. So not body yeah. and weight related things. Cause that's, I feel like where I have struggled more the last few years. So I am almost completely gray in the front of my hair naturally now. Wow, okay. I got my first gray hair when I was like 26, 27, but then it was re- really gradual. You know, every time I had a kid and the hair would fall out and then it would come back in, but it was still, they were still few and far between and kind of right around my temples. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, and I'm I'm like a medium brown naturally. I like to color my hair a little darker brown, but that's problematic with the grays. So where all my gray hair is, is right around my face, like my hairline. And I've always loved to throw my hair up in a ponytail, like a high bun. I don't like wearing my hair down all the time. So like for me, it's a pretty dramatic shift to now say, oh, great, I'm going to do my cute little messy high bun. And there's it's full, pretty much fully gray if I let the roots grow out. So right. that has been and and I'm 37. So that's young to me. It feels young mm-hmm. to be very gray and very gray in a place that's pretty obvious. So if I style my hair down, if I part it and blow dry it and style it and wear it down, it's not as noticeable. But again, I don't because I'm busy and I'm a mom and I throw my hair up in a ponytail. So that's been that's been a challenge. And the other things that have been a challenge have been more like, I don't feel like my skin looks as good as it used to. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, and so it's I don't think it's just body stuff. It it trickles more into kind of like self-care and beauty, which we've talked about on this show. Um, But it is it can be a little unsettling when you feel like the way that you used to look presentable to the world is no yes. longer cutting it. I think that's the I think that's the best way to put it. We've talked about wearing lip color before and some of these things right. that you didn't used to need to do right. and now you do, but the hair one's been tough for me. I go get my roots dyed every five weeks, which isn't cheap. I tell myself that I was really low maintenance with my hair for the first 35 years of my life. So I've like been saving up. It's like insurance. Yeah. Um but I don't love it. I don't love yeah. seeing the gray there. Um, so yeah, there are other, there's other issues here, I guess is my point. If you're not struggling with body image, you're still probably facing something related to aging that is rocking your world. And that's okay. Absolutely. Well, and you know, it's funny, like whenever I think about this stuff, I start thinking about generations, like our grandmother's generation. I mean, you probably had some kind of blue rinse or tint or something, you know, but I do think there's something to this idea that like we, we don't really allow ourselves to age gracefully. We go kicking and screaming into that good night. Right. (laughs) Um, the plumpness that kind of starts to, you know, I actually went and saw my family doctor a few months ago because I had gained about 10 pounds over the course of a year. And I was honestly like, is something going on? My, Eating habits haven't really changed my, you know, I, I'm working out more or less the same amount as I was. Is this just an age thing or am I something to be worried about? And she said, <laughs> she goes, well, you know, honestly, your BMI is too low because oh as you move into um, midlife, which I am moving, guys, I'm moving into midlife. Yay. <laughs> Um, she said, st- uh, studies have actually shown that women fare better and live longer when they have more padding. And so she's like, I can't really recommend you lose weight. <laughs> I mean, she was like, I don't care if you do. It's not a big right. deal. I'm not like going to break a hip yet or anything. But she was just saying, you know, honestly, your BMI being a couple points higher wouldn't be a bad thing. And I thought, well, you know, that was one thing when everyone wore like house dresses and stuff. Right. But like now <laughs> we're all expected to wear cute clothes that look kind of like what teenagers wear, even though so it's a different seven. version of it. And we're all supposed to not have gray hair because we have so many options and we can all dye our hair. And, And, you know, that's just reality. Like, I can't beat up on myself for being upset about looking my age and wanting to look younger, even if it's unrealistic, because everyone around me wants the same thing Agreed. and is doing the same thing. It's Agreed. just we're a product of our culture. And yes. we can push back a little bit and be like, I'm going to be that person who's going to let my grays grow out or whatever. But 
you, do, you don't have to be that person either. It's like no. finding that middle ground. Yeah, finding the middle ground. And I love that it came from your doctor. And I, yeah. love, and I love that it's such a good illustration of like, this is what your body is deciding to be right, right. now at 39. Yes. And you yeah. get to decide <laughs> right. you know, yes. within, certain, within a certain framework. You don't get to right. like, say f you to biology there's like. <laughs> obviously a place my body is comfy and yeah. that's where it wants to be and i can tell i'm in that place because i stop gaining or losing yeah if i just kind of coast it stays there and and that's different than it was 10 years ago 10 yeah. years ago that comfy spot was 10 pounds lighter and it's just it's funny to me that like i try to you can try so hard to fight it and i could run miles every day and maybe get myself down to what i decide is an acceptable weight um, or I could, you know, fight nature in some other way and try to force my face into a non-wrinkled state. Um, and, and I'm not saying I won't try to some degree, but like at some point there's a cost benefit analysis, like yeah. how many facials and filling. I'm not talking about getting collagen injections. I'm talking about like those products that you use that yeah. kind of plump everything up and. Like, how much am I going to spend money-wise? How much time am I going to spend? How many experts am I going to see before I'm like, okay, this is good enough. Right, <laughs> this is, right. This and is it's pretty work good. either way. It's work exactly. to accept the way you are, or it's work to fight it. So where do you want to put that work in? I think it's a good right. question to ask. And it's yeah. not a zero sum. It's not either or, of course. But, um, well, your next couple of tips, I feel like, uh, skew toward the positive and more on, you know, really starting to love what's going on. So let's, yeah. let's keep going there. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the ones that I, um, one of the tips that I gave in that article, in that blog post, was that just to find something that you like about yourself. I know that sounds... I don't know, kind of cliche and cheesy, but everyone has at least one thing they like. And I focused on my butt when I was <laughs> figuring this out for a couple of reasons. One is it was relatively unmarred by pregnancy and um, giving Your birth. Your butt didn't get pregnant? My butt, well, I got pregnant. My butt never got stretch marks and it didn't, like really nothing. It's probably one of the only areas of my body that just didn't really change a whole lot. Right. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot of work working out to see a change in my butt. So if I start, you know, going to yoga more often, or if I start lifting, I'll see a little change, not a huge one, but I'll see a little change pretty quickly. And, and no matter what size I've been, my butt usually looks pretty good. Like I'm usually happy with it. So I kind of focused in on that. Um, and like, sometimes you don't know what that is. You can ask your partner or a best friend or something to show you. I just think sometimes it's nice to have like this one feature where you're thinking, even if everything else falls <laughs> apart and explodes, I can count on my profile or my, you know, my eyes or yeah. my feet or my butt, whatever it is that you want to focus on. I don't know. It's helped me. Well, I think it's, I think it's, we're giggling, but it's actually pretty profound. If, if you're listening to this and you're kind of doing your mental like scan of your body and you don't find anything you like, then that's a great time to really put some work into this, I think. And yeah. it's not, you know, if you just, if you had a baby yesterday, then you get a free You might pass. hate everything. But yeah. But really, if you spend more than a couple weeks hating everything, then, you know, that's worth exploring, I think, because that's a long, we got a long way to go not liking everything. It's one thing yeah. to, you know, like I said, you, you have permission to bemoan the size of your hips, but you don't have permission to hate it all because I think that's a little dangerous. <laughs> it is. It's very dangerous. Yeah. There is something you can love. And I do like, you know, if you can't come up with something, ask somebody to point yeah. something out because I didn't realize I had a great butt until it was pointed out to me. And then it was like, Oh, okay. If you say so. And then I saw it, you know, it, but it, yeah. it's, it's not always something that you notice. Um, 
right away. Along those same lines, another, another, I guess, tip would be to look at your whole self. So, yeah. And so I've just, you know, it sounds contradictory because I've just told you to zone in on one place on your body. Um, But what about also looking at the fact that you are not just your gut or not just your thighs? I'm thinking, and I mentioned this in this blog post of that scene in Mean Girls where the girls are like criticizing themselves and one of them's like, my nail beds suck. (laughs) And, you know, so, and the girl says, I always thought there was just skinny and fat. I didn't realize there was so many ways to feel bad about yourself. And, you know, it's, that's what people do. We pick ourselves apart until we're just a collection of body parts. But what if you kind of looked at everything and said, overall, I look pretty good. I'm not happy about everything. But if you take me in as a whole um, and you really highlight the, you know, part that you love, the overall, the whole is so much more than just the parts you don't like. It's so true. Have you ever had the experience where you've been either really sick or like thrown your back out or had some sort of other health issue. And it's happened to me a few times where I come back from something like that, either being really sick or, you know, having an injury. And I have such an appreciation for just yes. my, like the bare bones what your body of my functional do. body. And yes. that like that gets thrown around a lot and it becomes a little cliche, like yeah. what our bodies are capable of. But man, there's nothing to wake you up. And I know we have listeners because they write to us. I know we have listeners who've had some chronic health issues, who've gone through cancer, been in um, pain a lot. Yes. Yes. And so if you have been on the other side of something like that or been experiencing it or have a close friend or family member, um, hopefully we don't have to experience something like that to get that appreciation. But even just in small ways, like, you know, having a horrible stomach bug for a couple of days yeah. and then you having like a broken and, thumb. I mean, just yes. think about something you never even think about. <laughs> and it does. That, it gives you like yeah. a little jolt of appreciation for the pure functionality of your body. And so if we can get to that place without needing to be super sick or injured or go through a health scare, um, then that just puts that whole self, like you said, the whole self in such a better perspective, you know, because I think most of us would rather have like an imperfect, flawed, functional body than be struggling with something, you know, like that. Absolutely. And that does totally give you perspective that you might not have if everything's working, but doesn't look the way you want it to look. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the last tip I'm going to touch on, and then of course we can spend time talking about this or or I'm sure there's, I feel like this is one of those topics we could just go on and on about for days. Um, But this it's so funny to me that Soma um, is our sponsor because one of the tips in my blog post was spend some time with yourself in your skivvies, as I said. But I, what I meant by that was like, kind of check yourself out in your underwear a little bit. I think a lot of us get in the habit of undressing as quickly as we can to get in the shower without like looking at ourselves um, or we only look at ourselves at a certain angle. And if your body has gone through like large changes or your face, like you said, like I have stayed away from magnifying mirrors (laughs) for, I don't remember the last time I actually looked in one because why would I do that to myself? But sometimes again, it's like you can't get to embracing until you've gotten to normalizing like normalizing comes first so if you can take some time like in a flattering pair of underwear um and a nice bra that's pretty and sexy and just spend some time looking at yourself first there might be that ah moment (laughs) like and then you want to look away uh. don't look away like just check yourself out a little bit you know you'll get more used to those tummy rolls or the thighs or whatever it is that you don't like about yourself you have to get used to it or you'll never get past it you do and this is one area where i'm going to bring up our kids, which we haven't talked about our kids really in this episode. Um, But I do think our kids pick up on this kind of stuff, even if we're careful not to just 
fat shame ourselves and talk badly. Um, Being comfortable enough to walk around, and I'm not saying walk around buck naked, like with a 10-year-old around, you know, you get to decide what's appropriate, but being able to walk around in your underwear the way your kids walk around in their underwear and not hiding, I really do think they pick up on our willingness or unwillingness to do that. And it, 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 it has an impact, I think. So that's great. If you have really little kids and you're still all changing clothes near in the same place, be, you know, practice, practice yeah. being okay. Um, I know that's not exactly what you were saying because you were saying more check yourself out. No, but I know own. what you mean. But, yeah. Um, that shrinking away from what you see, I guess, is what I was talking about. That and we both- could do a whole episode mm-hmm. on body confidence in kids, too, yes. because, you know, like I have a very modest daughter who won't even undress in front of me and is horrified if she walks in and I'm in my underwear. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like has done this thing where she like hits the ground before. I'm like, it's really okay. I'm trying to model that's not a big deal. Um, But they pick up, like you said, on all that subtle stuff. And if you're covering up your tummy when they walk in or or whatever, even just like have a look on your face. They're so smart and they pick up on that stuff. So that that probably should be a whole nother topic for a whole nother episode. eh? Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Um, Well, since we brought up the idea of cute underwear, do you have, well, you got to try several Soma products. I'm spreading this on you. Do you have any that just really yeah. fit and yes. looks cute. Actually, my very favorite, I will talk about and I'm making sure I have the name of it correctly, was the Lace Plunge Bralette. Um, I love bralettes and those are like kind of those pull over the top usually bras like often lace, stretchy. They're kind of like a bra but not as structured as a regular bra. But what I really, and they're adorable, but what I've also found is with the little bit of weight gain that I have, my boobs are bigger than they were and I need a little more support than some of those bralettes give. They're, sometimes there's a really meant for they look they look beautiful especially under like tank tops that are a little revealing or something right. like that it can be really f- pretty to have that lace peeking out and i think they're really they're really pretty um but some of them haven't worked as well for me so this one's great because it does have um a band so even though the top looks like a regular old bralette it doesn't have a lot of structure to it it's right. just lace no padding not you know the bra i'm wearing right now that's not um soma is one of those where you feel like you almost can't put your arms down because there's it's like so yes. structured yes. that they kind of like goes out on this. It's hard. Like yes. someone could come punch me in the chest right now and it probably <laughs> wouldn't even hurt. Um, but what I really love about the Soma um, plunge bralette is that it has that band. So there is some support and then it's got almost like a regular strap. So there's okay. support, but the bra, the cup part is so pretty. And then you get that little peak of lace and it doesn't really feel like you're wearing like a big, you know, industrial strength bra. And I bet it's so comfortable, right? <laughs> it's so comfortable. Yeah, I could sleep in it easily. Oh, that's awesome. Um, did you, is it a small, medium, large? I wanted to ask about sizing because I've looked at bralettes before. Or do they size by cup sizes? And you this know? was a, this was a medium, a small, medium, large. Yeah. Okay. So because I think the cups aren't as structured, they can do yeah. that. Um, yeah. So another, a couple other bras I tried with them were just regular sizing and those were great right. too. But this was the one that stood out as comfy and sexy. And I just really, really love yeah, it. I'm I might get those, a few more colors. I'm seeing those bralettes everywhere. I have not made, I've, I've always been a little hesitant because I'm very small busted and I feel like there's just, that doesn't help. But actually, that's right. a good segue to the bra I was going to talk about from Soma, which is their Vanishing Back wireless bra. So they have a whole series of Vanishing Back. And that is a very nice way to say no back fat. I'm just going to come out and say yeah. I think that's <laughs> what they're... No bulges. Yeah. No awkward bulging in the back area. So if you look on their website, and we'll link to a couple, you don't have to have the wireless. I tried the one without underwire, which was a great experiment because I have always shied away from no underwire because I am small chested. I feel I've always you felt like I need lifting, the, right? yeah, lifting. I don't yeah. do a, a ton of padding, but I like a little push, a little structure. Um, 
But this one, I think because of just the technology and the way it's designed, both around the back, but then also through the cup area, it's just a really soft look without being flattening. I wouldn't say it's like my bustiest bra, but it doesn't look flattening. I always felt like anything without underwire looked like a training bra or a sports bra on me. Yes, totally agree. Like on a good day, I might be like an AB, but I'm a a pretty like full A. Um, And so and I'm petite through the shoulders and stuff. So they're just I just felt like I would look like a a 12-year-old. Um, so I was really impressed. And then because it's no underwire, it's super, super comfortable. And mine is black, so um, has that sort of sexy black look. And yeah, the back, the way it fits through the back, I think, I'm sure there are other vanishing back ones, even with the underwire, and they have a few different styles, are all, you know, yeah. work the same. So that was a great Yeah, let me, let me put in a quick plug for trying a bralette, even if you're a, a small, busted girl. I know what that's like. Um, one thing I do like about theirs a lot is that it's uh, it's got a plunge neck okay and so you do get that look of cleavage okay um it may not be the one that looks the best under a t-shirt but it would be the one that looks best when you're taking a t-shirt off if you know what i'm getting at (laughs) so just you know don't write it off all the way no i haven't written it off i just haven't made the the no i know your head but yours oh the plunge plunge. get it yeah you did did it um that was um just a couple of the products we tried and again we'll link to some more in the show notes but i i wanted to bring it up just because Having good underwear and good lingerie is yes. directly tied into spending time in it. And whether that's for the eyes of someone else, your partner, or just like you said, for yourself. So do you have any other yeah. like general um, well, lingerie or I'll, underwear tips as you've gotten older? Not products specifically, but just yeah. like styles. Well, just have- to kind of just to kind of ba- piggyback on what you just said about having good underwear. I also think it's really important to have stuff that you feel good sleeping in. Oh, yes. um, so, you know, figure out what that style is. Like if you're not a big pajama person maybe for you it's like a snug fitting tank top for me snug fitting is the key because um it kind of acts like as a bra. Yeah, that's thing. how I am at night too. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean like a ribbed tank. Something like, that yeah. kind of holds everything up and in and like, you know, maybe it's a little pair of shorts, maybe it's just a little pair of underwear. Maybe you feel maybe you feel really good in slips or nightgowns. Like whatever it is, I feel like you spend 8 hours a night a day or so, you know, in your bed. And I feel like that's, you deserve to look and feel good about the way you look in bed as well. Um, Otherwise, gosh, I could go on and on about underwear and stuff for days, like general (laughs) tips. I mean, I have never been one to do, to get into, um, to get into like forming, what would you call those? Like, like Spanx. Yeah. I have never got the one time I bought Spanx. I ended up screaming, bloody murder in a um, public restroom stall trying to get them back off. And this was like 15 minutes after I put them on. So that's not been, I know that like was a lot not of people, a good, not a good moment. It was not good for me. And I know a lot of people kind of live and die by their Spanx and um, that's fine. I mean, they definitely do play. They, they serve a purpose. I just decided comfort's more important. So I have to be pretty strategic about what underwear I wear under what. Right. So it can't, you know, if I'm going to wear like, um, if I'm going to wear, for example, a tight fitting or tighter fitting dress, I try to have seamless underwear that come up a little bit. So they kind of hold my tummy in a little bit, yeah. but it's never going to be for me like shapewear. I just, I just don't, I just yeah. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise I think it's like a very personal thing. Cause some women look really great in like hipster undies and I don't like, I don't look good in hipster undies. I need a different kind. Like bikini, yeah, I've bikini actually had, looks better. Under. I haven't had better luck with the hipsters and I didn't think I would, but I like it as an alternative to a thong with pants that you don't want like a big 
line. Yeah. Um, I have very short legs relative to my body and I feel like I've internalized that over the years. So I'm always looking for anything that doesn't like make my legs look shorter, break up the break right. up the line. So, you know, I wore with any like fitted jeans or fitted pants, I always wore a thong for a long time. And I still do sometimes, but I do feel like there's some hipsters where then you don't get the the panty line or the panty line is so faint that no one's mm-hmm. looking that closely. So I've had some good luck with some hipsters. They've got to be yeah. comfortable off. Like uh, they've got to be comfortable with pants or jeans over them, but also just on their own. So yeah. Tricky. And that is very tricky. And I will also say that I, that as you're talking about that, I realize I do have a couple pair of hipsters that are seamless and I, and they're like that, that really sheer microfiber stuff. Yes. I really like those under dresses, but I will never wear them under jeans because right. like, I feel like they, they peak. Yes. There's too yes. much peaking going on. Yes. So it's, I don't know, like I try a bunch of different stuff. Go, you know, go and buy a couple different kinds of underwear when you're picking them out and try styles that maybe you didn't think would look good on you or maybe didn't look good on you 10 years ago. Yes. And now they look better. Um, I've heard that when, that a larger behind means more comfort in a thong. I gave up on thongs a long time ago because I had a really tiny butt when I was younger and it was super uncomfortable. I might try them again. I mean, yeah. maybe it'll be different now. So, and also they keep getting better. Like these, yes. you know, underwear styles keep getting better and better. And um, the different retailers and manufacturers are got, have gotten really good at, at kind of styling stuff and designing stuff to fit women's bodies better. So even if you gave up on it, something a while back yeah try it again yeah and and don't be afraid to spend a little money if you you know this is an area where like you said you're sleeping in it all night you're wearing it all day it's directly tied to you know how you feel about your body and your comfort level and so um nobody has an unlimited budget for underwear i mean some people do but probably nobody yeah. listening to this show has literally an un- so we all have a budget of some kind but yeah you know trying one or two products or looking for sales or hey using that 20 percent off your entire purchase at Soma Um, and splurging on some high quality products, especially. And then take care of them. Like take care of your bras. They'll last a lot longer. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Well, let's see. Did we make it through all of your. I think we got through all of my, all of my tips and all of your tips. I would love to come up with like seven more. (laughs) (laughs) Go ready. Go. I would love to hear from listeners on this. I think, you know, there are there are issues we have not even brought up Brushed, having to do with eating and weight loss and yep. weight gain and postpartum issues. We have if you haven't listened to our postpartum um, episode, it deals directly with more physical postpartum symptoms. But if you've just had a baby and, you know, you can't even think of losing the weight yet because you're still dealing with all of those body changes. We do have an episode for you on that. Um, But I would love to hear back from listeners. I think this is a this is a really sensitive topic and one that I know people have a lot of personal stories about. And if you feel like sending us an email just to get it off your chest and and clear the air and confess what yes. you're not loving and what you are loving you know we won't share we unless you judge. tell us to. we won't exactly judge. you can email us <laughs> um so yeah i would love to hear from from listeners on this um okay so a couple things before we wrap um one is to stay with us because katie who helps us out behind the scenes with our social media strategy and all kinds of other projects she is also a resident new mom and once a month she joins me for a little special segment that airs right at the end of this conversation. So stick around and you'll hear Katie and I talk about she has one struggle, one discovery, and one success in her life as a mom with a toddler and a baby. So we're having a lot of fun recording those about once a month. And I know our listeners are loving hearing from a new mom or newer mom. That's so great. I know. It's a lot of fun. So 
you don't have to do anything except stay with us. And that will air as soon as we wrap up here in a second. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right. Well, we will be back. This was episode 99, which you guys, oh that my gosh. means that next week is episode 100. But don't what worry. What a milestone. We're not, we're not going anywhere. We're just going like to kind of... 100 and out. 101. Here we yeah. go. Um, <laughs> no, so this was great. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Megan. And we will talk yep. to you guys soon. See you guys Stay later. For Katie coming up. Hey everyone, this is Sarah here and I am back with Katie. Katie's our resident new mom and every few weeks Katie pops in to share a struggle she's going through with her two little ones who are age two and about six months and also she's going to share a discovery, something making her life a little easier and then a success that they've had lately. So hey Katie, how's it going? Hey Sarah, great, thank you. All right, so what what, what are you struggling with lately? Okay, before we talk about our struggle, let me just update everybody on my Pilates little adventure. I survived. I'm here to talk about it still. Did you go more than once? That's the real. Well, it's slow going. It's slow going. I've only been now twice. And last time we talked was about a month ago. Yeah. So, um, you know, do the math twice in a month, but I consider that a win and I'm alive. So, so there we go. So what am I struggling with currently? Um, 
this is kind of a funny one. Put down food if you are currently eating food okay. because it has to do with diaper pails. Okay. So what I'm dealing with is smelly diaper pails. Oh, yeah. So what do you have? What do you use? Okay. So with Anna Lee, her whole two years, we've um, used the diaper genie. Okay. And then I heard great things about the Ubby. Okay. And I even took the Ubby for a little test drive because I did a little sniff test um, <laughs> at my friend's house who had an Ubby. And I was I was super impressed. I'm like, wow. Okay. That is just, you know, odor free. Truly is. So, but Ubbies are kind of pricey. Okay. Um, a little pricier than Diaper Genies. Well, I found one on Craigslist. It was pristine condition. Okay. So we bought an Ubby. Um, and that now is in Annalise's room because okay. she has the smellier diapers. Yes. So obviously, she's, Annalie is two and two and a quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, still in diapers. Yeah, right. Still in diapers and um, very much the gross. The gross. Yeah. The grossness. So um, the Ubby's interesting though because it just takes normal trash bags, oh. which is a total win. So yeah. it's kind of like the money you save on yeah. the diaper genie right. refills. You say you. Um, I on, do remember on, back in the day running out of those yeah. little blue, are they still like blue ring yes. shaped? Blue, the blue ring It's refills. all coming back to me. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, smelly diaper genies. So the Ubby, but is the Ubby not solving your odor issues? So it's thought? not, it's okay. not. That's, that's the issue. So what we've started doing actually is just taking poopy diapers just directly out of the house. Yeah. And I've talked to other friends yeah. who, who do the same thing. Is that I, what you guys did? You know, I think we were a mix. I often, my kids' bedrooms were always upstairs, but I was all, often changing diapers downstairs because that's where we spent a lot of time. Right, so I right. was changing diaper, you know, on the floor or right, on a right. carpet somewhere. And often it would actually go in the kitchen trash only because that trash went out so often. Okay. Um, you know, that it wasn't, there was enough, I mean, a kitchen trash never smells all that good. There's food right. and stuff, but it also goes out pretty often. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of times our MO. We did have a diaper genie upstairs. Okay. Um, I feel like changing out the diaper genie was a very stinky affair. But I feel like odor it management, it, well enough. it was, it was well enough. I have to admit, I don't have the strongest sense of smell. I'm not one of those people with okay. uber sensitive okay. uh, sense of smell. Okay. But it was, it always seemed fine. But again, we weren't, I would say we were changing a lot of diapers downstairs in the main area and okay. they were going out regularly with the kitchen trash. But okay. I would love to hear from listeners if you yes. are very happy with your, especially if you have two kids in diapers, because that is double the, and Luke is starting solid. Double the smelliness. So little gonna, by little. Yeah. So they're only going to get grosser. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're not ready to potty train yet. Katie. Oh, we're not no. ready. Good. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> That'll be another struggle for that, another day. That's it for another day. Okay. So what's next? All right, so a discovery and a little shout out actually um, is due to um, a new type of nut milk that I oh, discovered. Do tell. We yes. were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, and I am—I only know almond milk. Yes. I have heard of cashew milk, but yours is something different. Yes. So it makes sense because I mean, if you can ground you can cashews down, if you can milk an almond, <laughs> exactly, you can milk any nut. <laughs> so. The, the nut we've been milking is hazelnut. Okay. So yeah. how is it all that different? So if you imagine um, coffee creamer, you yeah. know, like the International yeah. Valley coffee creamer or whatever, yeah. the hazelnut was always uh-huh. one of my favorite flavors. Okay. It has a little bit of a taste like that, okay. except you're you're going to the real source. Yes, you know, you don't have yes. all those weird, scary additives. additives. You just have the actual hazelnut ground down into the milk. And, and I just so much prefer it to almond milk. Okay. 
and listen to what I've been doing with my <laughs> hazelnut milk. I haven't really been using it in my coffee or anything. I actually have been using it to make chia seed pudding. Okay. We're clearly in California, people. <laughs> we are now talking about chia seed pudding with hazelnut milk. This is like too crunchy even for I've, me. I've hopped on the bandwagon for chia seed pudding. Wait, what is chia seed pudding? Is it like a mix? Like, well, so what you do is um, you take a quarter cup of chia seeds to two cups of hazelnut okay. milk and you just, you got to whisk it together. It has to be Over very well. Nope. No, you're nope. just, you just okay. put it in a bowl okay. or put it in a measuring bowl is what, right. what I did. Um, whisk it up and then stick it in the fridge and it quote unquote gels. So it's almost like a tapioca type it is. situation. It is very much a tapioca but situation. Really good for you stuff so good for you i learned that chia seeds have more antioxidants than blueberries yeah i hear good things we i actually have chia seeds in my pantry but i will say it's mostly my husband who is like the the crunchier one crunchier one yeah okay um but i think i could get behind that i actually enjoy a pudding a pudding uh consistency some people don't but i enjoy a tapioca like substance so are you sweetening it then I'm not because the hazelnut milk is totally sweet enough. And oh. and this is the thing is that I don't really eat it with a spoon. I actually drink it. Okay, because now it's gross. Now I'm off, I'm off, I'm off board. I'm okay. off the wagon. I need a spoon, Katie. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we need to look into making it thicker. Thicker. Yeah, a different thickening agent. But next that's my time, shout out. Next time you come over, Katie and I, if you haven't been following along, Katie and I meet in my house because she lives down the street. So next time you come over, you can bring me this concoction. Maybe we'll do a taste test on air. Yeah, that would be awesome. We will <laughs> okay. share my shocked face on Instagram. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Okay, so as far as the success, um, I just wanted to kind of um, just love on the fact that my, my two little ones are in that um, well, Luke, who's six months, is just so entranced and just so in love with Annalie, Aww. my daughter. And it's that just sibling love that is so unique. Yes. And he's just the more interactive that Luke gets. Yes. There's just a sparkle in his eye yes. that is that is distinct from any other look that he gives any other person. Yes. And so that is just a success that I'm reveling in yeah, right now. Yeah, you should, because you worked hard to... Well, I was going to say, actually, I had nothing to do with it. Well, no, but you did. You've kept them alive. I, um, I have. You've made sure that she doesn't totally hate her brother, which is harder than it sounds. No, that I told, I know that look. I know exactly what you yeah. mean. And it is. It's like, it's so cool to see it. It's separate from you and it your is. husband. It is. It is the beginning is. of their relationship, which is why, one of the big reasons why we have more than one kid. Yes. Is to give them that relationship. That is really, really sweet. So I'm reveling in it before they can speak, before they can steal toys yeah. from one another. And I know this is short-lived, I'm sure. You know what I will say, though, is like, even with the bickering and the fighting, I feel like you're still watching a relationship unfold and so even the negative parts because he will he'll start to crawl and he'll wreck her stuff and she won't have the emotional <laughs> maturity to handle it like you want her to right and that will lead to all kinds of things but you're still you're still sort of like providing this nurturing ground for their future relationship which is really cool even when it's even when they do start doing those things, though. Yeah, Yay, that is a success. So hey, sweet. we have to give a shout out to our listener, Liz, on Facebook, who actually suggested that Katie do a struggle and a discovery and a success so we can hear what's going well in life of two kids in under two years. So if you liked this little segment, let us know. You can shoot us an email, hello at themomhour.com. And then everything Katie mentioned, including her crazy hippie pudding products, <laughs> we will put in the show notes at themomhour.com. We'll link to that. We'll link to her 
diaper solutions. And then if you have other suggestions, listeners, about diapering or tapioca-like concoctions, yeah, those two don't email. go well together. No, no, this is terrible. <laughs> that, that was terrible. Um, then yeah, send us an email or leave a comment on the show notes. We love hearing from you. All right, Katie, we'll be back in a few weeks. Sounds good. Bye. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.